Good morning, everyone. Hi, Skylark Church. Hi, Skylark International and anyone who is joining us from further afield. Thank you for joining us today. Welcome to today's Sunday Online. I hope you have had a fantastic week. We are in for a treat this morning because we are doing another interview. I'm not going to steal any of Nikki's thunder, though, so I'll see you at the end for the updates and I'll hand over to Nikki now. Thank you so much, Pete, and good morning, everyone. How do you hear from God? It is one of the questions we get asked time and time again as church leaders. Is it like an audible voice? Is it just like having a conversation with a friend? Is it like a big neon sign in the sky? How do you hear from God? Well, the truth is there are so many different ways to hear from God. And as we continue on in our theme of following Jesus, we really want to centre in to how we learn to hear his voice. And we're going to focus on one verse in John 10, verse 27, where Jesus says this. My sheep hear my voice. In some translations, it reads, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. You see, one of the big aspects of learning to follow Jesus well is hearing his voice. But sometimes it can feel like the hardest thing to do. Even for those who have known Jesus for a long time, there are so many voices clamouring for our attention. There is so much noise out there. How do we really learn what the voice of Jesus sounds like? And how do we trust him as he leads us forward? This morning, I'm so excited and delighted to be joined by a really dear friend of ours, Lara Martin. Lara is a well-known worship leader and songwriter. She also speaks and teaches, and she's doing some really other exciting things that she'll tell you more about later on this morning. But we've been friends for a long time now. We have led worship together at events. We've spent time in one another's homes. We've got to know each other. And Lara is one of those friends to us who always seems to have a story of how God is talking to her and how she's responding to that. We have watched her step out in faith and in obedience so many times when it would have been easier not to. We have heard her tell stories of how just the still small whisper of God has changed her life or changed somebody else's life for the better. And we've been inspired by her example. So this morning, as I interview her, I am really confident that if you are struggling to hear the voice of God at the moment, or perhaps if you're just wanting to tune your ear in even better, to, to learn to discern his voice, then what Lara has to share with us, some of the stories that she's gonna tell us this morning are going to be invaluable. Now, if you're listening as a family today and you have younger children, some of the topics that we're gonna to touch on in this interview are serious issues. So you just might want to bear that in mind. Lara, we are so excited that you could join us this morning. Thank you so much. It's, yeah, it's great to be with you, Pete and Nikki, and a big hello to all uh, those that are watching from Skylark Church. It's great to be with you and greetings from Yorkshire. We're so happy you're with us this morning. I'm going to get straight into our first question because we want to hear as much from you as we possibly can today. 
you came to know Jesus at quite a young age and I wondered if you could describe how you first learned to recognise his voice. What are some of the keys that you could share for us from your background and your childhood that could be helpful for us as we try to recognise the voice of Jesus? Um, I think one of the, the key things um, about that verse um, in John 10 that you just read, you know, my sheep listen to my voice and I know them. And I think you know, those three words are so significant, I know them, so God is saying, I know Lara, I know Nikki, I know whoever you are that's watching today, and he, because he knows us, he has an incredible way of being able to get our attention. Looking back, you know, the question you've asked, you know, going back to my childhood, I was brought up in a Christian home and was very fortunate, very blessed to have parents who... Um, followed the Lord and would teach you know me and my brother um, the ways of God and my little sister that came came later and you know we went to a church my dad ended up becoming a full-time pastor so I witnessed a lot in the house and one of the things that I watched my dad do which taught me a lot um, was every morning he would get up and he would just sit early doors and he would just sit in the lounge quietly with God and sometimes I would sneak down the stairs you know my dressing gown it was still dark the gas fire was on and I'd just sit with my dad sitting with God and I always remember watching my dad model something um, and the reason why he did that was just to tune into God to spend time with him not always coming to God with a shopping list but just to spend time with him and the, there's um, a scripture in uh, 1 Chronicles 17 where, where it talks about King David when he came to power when he became king and it said one of the things that he prioritized and in that scripture I just mentioned it says that King David went in and sat before the Lord and I watched my dad doing the same thing and it, and it, it built something into me to do the same and so I was brought up in that environment and, and really watched and observed what my parents did and and one particular day which stands out very clearly to me um when I was probably less than 10 at the time um my dad went out one afternoon and before he went he said to us very clearly as a family he said um I've heard God's voice today and he's told me that there is a man called John who is in trouble who who needs some help and my dad kind of said, I don't know where he is, but God's told me that there's this man called John. And so my dad went out in the church minibus, which was bright blue with bright yellow writing on the side, um, saying, I am the way, the truth and the life. My dad went out and, you know, a few hours he did come back. Um, and I remember going up to use the bathroom and um, I couldn't use the bathroom because there was somebody in there shaving. Uh, there was somebody in there getting cleaned up. There was somebody sitting at our dinner table uh, that afternoon and my dad introduced him to us and he said this is John and basically what had happened my dad just felt this unction and, and began to explain to us that he just started driving and uh, he just felt compelled to go to a certain area of Bradford he went into this housing estate uh, the car he said almost like it just kind of drove itself in a way to this particular park in this area and he went in, there was a man sitting on the bench, very broken, had 
just a bag of a few belongings with him. And basically this man had served in the war. I think it was the Falklands or something at the time. He'd come back, he was traumatised, he'd lost his family as a result, he'd lost his children, he was just broken. And when my dad went and sat next to him at that park bench, he introduced himself, just began chatting to him, and the man said his name was John. Now that's just a little example. And my dad would kind of teach me a lot. And, and just to say on that, I think it's really important that we find people in our lives that have... Uh, gone maybe beyond where we have to listen to people's stories and that's all a testimony is it is, an, it is a story it's an account listen to what people are saying because it really does encourage you to step out and do the same even if you feel frightened um, and then when I reached the age of 10 I remember having a dream a very vivid dream one night and it was about Jesus and Jesus was familiar to me anyway because you know, we went to church, I went to uh, Sunday school, um, so I, I knew who Jesus was. And um, and um, I woke up in the morning and my pillow was drenched in tears. And in the dream, I don't want to go into too much detail, we don't have time, but I did meet with the Lord. Now, I couldn't see his face, but I held on to him and I could feel him and feel the texture of his clothes. And it felt so real. And the next morning when I woke up, um, I just felt really, not sad, but I felt really moved and I was crying. I felt really emotional. And I shared this dream with my dad and he said, Lara, I think God's trying to get your attention. I think Jesus is trying to get your attention. And right there and then my dad just kind of taught me through what it meant to follow Jesus for myself as a 10-year-old, not just to rely on my parents. And, you know, for any young people watching, you know, you go to church, your parents take you week in, week out. You yourself can still have that personal connection with Jesus just for you, for yourself, you know. And as you get older, believe me, when I hit my teens, uh, you know, I'm, I messed up big time, but I always came back to the fact that I'd had that connection with Jesus and it had held me. It's amazing that you had that dream when you were just 10 years old and that your dad was able to explain to you what it meant and kind of lead you through that process of learning to hear God's voice for the first time for yourself. It just goes to show, doesn't it, that God isn't interested in how old we are. It's not like we have to graduate to a certain level of maturity before he'll talk to us. Actually, he wants to reach out and talk to us no matter how young or how old we are. And it's one of the things I love about God. Now, I know that there'll be people listening today who perhaps haven't heard the voice of God yet or who are struggling to hear his voice. And I wonder what kind of advice or encouragement you could give us today. How did you go on to learn to recognise God's voice for yourself? And how did you end up being obedient when you heard the voice of God? Could you share some examples for us this morning? Two examples, really, which um, I had to learn the hard way. Um, and I I'd felt just to contact two particular people at different times. And you know how it is, you just get busy. Um, and one of these particular people, I actually went to their house and I hadn't seen them for years. I drove, I sat outside the house um, and I talked myself out of going in. 
and I thought this sounds ridiculous what do I say I haven't seen them for years what I just thought about you but that's what happened I did just think about that person um, and wondered why I thought about that person after I think it must have been you know 20 30 odd years and I got that close I was outside their house and in the end I talked myself out of going up to the front door knocking on the door because of how it would make me look um not long after that, probably within, I'm talking days or a week or so, I remember my mum ringing me and saying, have you heard about such, such, such and such? Uh, he passed away with uh, cancer. And I just, my heart sank. And I said, you know what, mum? I sat outside his house recently and I felt God tell me to go to see him. And I didn't know why. And that happened to me two times um, and I failed. Um, and in both situations, the person sadly passed away before I got to see them. And so there was a particular day um, in more recent years over probably the last, you know, 15 years or so. And, uh, and I was in uh, a coffee shop having... Uh, just a coffee with a friend um, and we were chatting but out of the corner of my eye I was more distracted and focused on this young girl who I could see was very distressed um, she was kind of rummaging around a lot in her, in her, in her handbag um, it was pouring down with rain outside anyway I'm still talking to, to this friend who had arranged to me but as this other girl got up to leave and as she hurried to go past me my reflex for some reason my arm just shot out and I grabbed hold of her arm I looked at her and I <laughs> I just said um can I can I take you somewhere um she looked at me it was kind of a we were familiar to each other I did know who she was um and it was just a really strange experience anyway it was pouring down with rain I took her in my car we just started to drive and she said nothing and I said nothing. It was awkward silence. Um, I parked up somewhere and I just sat quiet and I said to her, I'm just going to sit quietly if you want to talk, talk. If not, I'll just sit. And the rain was beating down um, and it was just becoming more and more awkward. My heart was beating because I'm thinking this looks so weird. I'm sat in this car with this girl um, I'm not even giving her any advice. I'm not saying anything. God, what is this all about? Why did I feel I could not let this girl go? Um, and then I just got this little phrase just went through my head. It wasn't an audible voice. It was just this little phrase in my head that just said this. Tell her to repeat these words after me. I choose life and not death. I choose life and not death. Um, I sat in that car struggling with that because I thought, wow, this is going to sound really weird. How will she respond? Have I, is that God speaking to me? But do you know what happened? I was reminded of the two times where I had not listened. And it had resulted in two people passing away before I got to them. And so I just turned to her and I actually just was honest and I said, look, this is going to sound really weird but would you repeat these words after me and so I began to say I choose life and not death I choose life and not death and she began to join in 
you know something that happened in that car within a few seconds of her starting to vocalize those words her whole countenance changed if her whole body changed she just it was like you know somebody cries but it's like that that it like an eruption inside and it just all came out it was messy the windows were steamed up it was snotty it was and then something very significant happened the tears turned to laughter and she just laughed and laughed and laughed I would then became more worried about somebody walking past the car and seeing what was <laughs> what was going on and then something else happened and they just went it just went to a silence and a complete peace and the stillness and she said to me Lara you've saved my life because today I was going home to kill myself and she went on to tell me the the circumstances that had led to that um, and she was angry with God because somebody her brother had been taken from her in young tragic circumstances quite recently and so I said to her well God must think a lot of you to get my attention to get your attention and so that 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 day taught me just go with what you feel sometimes you know it, fear can overtake you and you can stop yourself from doing something but that day proved that actually sometimes the things that we do in hearing God's voice could actually be a lifeline to somebody there's little things in which where you can hear God that, that aren't as dramatic as that you know, I'm a songwriter, so I'll hear, uh, I think God's speaking on so many channels, through nature, through TV programs, through an, a billboard advert you can see, through a conversation with someone, through looking at a newborn baby and thinking, look at the miracle, you know, of life. So, um, but I think fear is one of the biggest thing that we've got to overcome fear of ourselves looking stupid and fear of what if I say this it's all going to come out in a mess but to think well what is the absolute worst that can happen and face that and then just step out and do it wow isn't it amazing that as a child you watched your dad all those years ago pray and then go and find a random guy named John whose life was falling apart who was brokenhearted and offer him hope and offer him comfort. And then fast forward to all those years later, you ended up following in your dad's footsteps in the moment that you just instinctively reached out and grabbed the arm of that lovely lady in the coffee shop. And in her brokenheartedness, you were able to reach her with the love and the hope of Jesus. And that moment actually changed her life and the course of her life forever. Embracing the brokenhearted seems to be an overarching narrative in your life. You have written songs that have healed the broken hearts of many, myself included. And there was a time where I know you and John packed up your nice, comfortable, secure life here in the UK 
and followed the call of God to Romania where you spent time sitting with the brokenhearted, uh, spending time amongst the poor and the needy and offering practical assistance working for a charity. Now I know that God has propelled you more recently into the most incredible and perhaps unexpected space. You are embracing the brokenhearted at the moment on a whole new level, using loads of the experience and skills that you've accrued over your life, but in a really new context and in a really new way. And as a friend, I have been so excited to watch where God has positioned you at the moment. So I wonder whether you'd be able to share with us this morning a little bit about this more recent part of your journey. What are you doing at the moment? And can you explain to us how God called you into this new space and how he's using you in amazing ways? Because I know that he is. Yes, well, for those that, that don't know, I'm currently working as a funeral celebrant. Um, so that basically means that um, I work with local funeral directors in my local area. If a family are sadly bereaved, the funeral director will call me, um, give me the family's details, um, see if I'm available to officiate the service. Then I will go out and meet with that family, um, plan a ceremony, you know, discuss lots of different options from music to hymns to readings to poetry, um, plan the service for them and then actually officiate that service on the day. And uh, for those of you who are watching and thinking, wow, I thought you were a worship leader, um, you know, how come you ended up doing something um, like that? Is that not a huge uh, shift of direction? Um, but actually, all it's done is widen my worship leading. It's used all the skills that I learned through pastoral work over 20 odd years um, in terms of just pastoral care, um, because that's what you end up being to these families. You go in at a time when they just need direction. They need somebody coming in that's stable um, they need compassion, they need kindness, they need comfort. And so all the things that I've learned, looking back, even since I was a child, um, none of it is, is, is wasted. And that's the wonderful thing with God. Now, what led me to do this, <laughs> right at the very beginning when you asked the first question about how I first heard the voice of God, and I, I told you that was through a dream, that's very similar to, uh, that's what happened to me to lead me to, to do what I'm doing today. And I had a series of dreams, don't have time to go into those right now. But it was through a series of dreams and a process to lead me into the funeral industry. Also, over recent years, I've experienced a lot of loss through fam in family and friends um, and so I've been very much around it and involved in it with the families and especially with the funerals. Um, and, you know, I've sang at funerals for over 20 years um, and I found that an incredible honour. But what I'm doing now, I just see as such an incredible privilege, really a privilege. And, you know, a lot of my friends are, if I tell people that this is what I'm doing now, as well as the worship leading and as well as the, 
the speaking and things like that. Um, but people will say to me, I don't know how you do what you do. And in honest, honesty, I don't know how I do what I do. It's, it's God's strength um, because it is challenging. I cry a lot. Um, my children see me cry a lot um, after I've either come in from doing a funeral service or after I've met with the family. But it is keeping my heart tender. It's keeping me just um, close to God because I have to lean into him in a way that I haven't ever had to before. Um, and And people's grief can really get on you and so... You know, I wrote a song a few years ago after um, going through a difficult time of grief um, from that lovely scripture, you know, cast your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. I find that now in my current role, daily, I'm having to cast these um, families upon the Lord. I'm having to cast my cares. I'm having to cast my grief upon the Lord, my worries upon the Lord, because it is challenging, but... I absolutely know I'm in the right place because it's growing me, it's stretching me and the bereaved are teaching me so much about the heart of God and I think that, you know, when you're in something and it's of God, there will always be fruit and even though it might be scary or uncertain, there is always going to be fruit at the end of it and people's lives will be enriched and, and blessed at the end of it. So I do count it an incredible privilege. Um, and just to reiterate, it's not an either or. I'm still very much involved songwriting. It's taken my writing to depths that I haven't had before. Um, my um, whole outlook really has just matured I think would be a probably good word to to use um so yeah there's uh, there's my answers to uh, the questions I've so loved being with you all today at Skylark um thank you so much for having me Nikki love to you Pete Nikki to your children and to the whole Skylark family and hopefully someday soon I can come and visit you all in person God bless. Thank you so much, Lara, for joining us. We've loved having you with us this morning. Thank you for all of the stories that you've shared, but also for inspiring us to hear the voice of God for ourselves and to follow him well. Thank you, Nikki and Lara. Shall we pray? Lord, thank you for the power of testimony and story. And we thank you for Lara's story. That of a little girl who learned what it was like to sit at your feet when she was young, who heard your voice when she was 10, who has regrets that she didn't step out when you asked her to, and then has amazing stories of what happened when she did. Lord, we want journeys like that. We want to learn how to say yes to you. Thank you that your sheep hear your voice. You know them, you know us, and we follow you. And that's what we want to do. We want to hear your voice and we want to follow you more closely. So, Lord, amongst the, the chaos and the noise, may we be people who learn to discern what you are saying to us. And also may we be people who then have the courage to act on it, even if we may look foolish, even if it doesn't seem to make sense. Because you are an incredible dad and you love us. And we just want to say to you this morning that we love you too. Thank you, Lord. 
Amen. It is now time for some updates. The first is pastoral. Thanks to your generosity and to the team who tirelessly serve people in the church and the community, we have been able to hand out another 17 food parcels this week and over 50 gift bags to people from the church and from the community around. Thank you so much, everybody. It really is making such a difference. The second update is regarding tonight's second instalment of the Skylark Church Big Quiz Night In. It is going to be fantastic. It is time for us to defeat the lawless family. They must not win again. That's for sure. Win your own t-shirts this evening. It's at eight o'clock. You would have been sent details in an email. You'll find details on social media as well. But listen, this time round, we are allowed to team up with one other household. You're not going to be able to do that through Zoom. You're going to have to find another way to do it. Maybe have FaceTime or WhatsApp or something going in the background. But you are allowed two households working together. Don't be late for the quiz because if you miss the beginning, it's going to be a nightmare. We're starting promptly at eight o'clock tonight. Get excited. Bring your food, drinks, snacks and let's have some amazing fun together. It really is brilliant. We loved it last time. My next announcement is regarding the bereavement course. Now, this is a course that we are going to be starting to run online from the 11th of August for six Tuesday evenings. We are looking for facilitators because this is such a great time of need in our community and in our world regarding bereavement and helping people through that process. What an opportunity we have to love people. So if you feel that you could give up six Tuesday evenings from the 11th of August, please contact Liz Jevons and get involved with that. What an opportunity it is. Her contact details are on the screen now. The next update is actually a correction to something that I said last week. In my message, I said that we are going to split you all up into groups of three or four for discipleship purposes to have people who help you on your journey. A couple of staff members this week have sought some clarification over that and I realise I didn't say it in the way I intended to. We are not going to split you into threes and fours. Rather, we are going to encourage you over the coming weeks and months to get yourselves into those small groups with people who love you, who encourage you, who can build you up and get you on track with Jesus. So it's not going to be centralised. It's just going to be an encouragement from us to you. I hope that helps. The final thing is regarding the change in government guidelines that came out yesterday for places of worship. We are going through all of the information that we have with a fine toothed comb. There are so many ramifications and permutations from these guideline documents. We know that communication is absolutely essential. So Nikki and I will be sending out an email to everybody in Skylark Church in this coming week to let you know our current thinking on the matter okay so that communication will be with you very soon i hope that you have a fantastic week i hope that you and me we can learn to hear the voice of god for ourselves and have the courage to step out into all that he's calling us to have a brilliant week won't you and we'll see you really soon take care